Jesus. Amen. Amen. How many are happy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Wave your hands. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. We are so elated to uh, come to the house of God and to worship Him. I promise you that God is going to speak to you. We are not gathered unto men, but we are gathered unto God. Amen. And my trust and hope is in the Lord that God is going to meet you at the point of demand person. Uh, let's turn our Bible to the book of Ephesians chapter 2, subsection 2, then Proverbs 23, subsection 7. Ephesians 2, subsection 2, then we peruse the book of Proverbs 23. Verse 7. I'm going to take it from here. The book of Ephesians 2, verse 2. Written by Apostle Paul. The Bible reads, In which at one time you walked habitually, you were following the course and fashion of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. Come on, somebody shout the prince of the power of the air. The prince of the power of the air. Come on, whisper the prince of the power of the air. The prince of the power of the air. Shout the prince of the power of the air. The prince of the power of the air. Shout the prince of the power of the air. And the Bible continues to say that uh, the spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience, the careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving will go against the purposes of God. Let's uh, read Proverbs 23, subsection 7. Then uh, we'll bring the mind of God to the house. Bible reads, Proverbs 23, subsection 7. Are we there? Amen. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he, as he, one who reckons. He says to you, eat and drink, yet his heart is not with you, but is grudging the cause. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Father, I thank you. Father, I bless you. I prophesy that you may use me as an instrument to project and propose words. I pray and I prophesy that you may think through my mind. I pray and I prophesy that you may speak through my tongue. I pray that you may use my lips as the instruments that you expressurate your mind. So that today your people may say for sure, God has deposited something in us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I want to I take this opportunity to greet our sister privilege in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together for love. We love you so much. Thank you for making it. May the Lord bless you. Amen. Ah, you can do better. Don't look as if you are the one who invited you. We can do better in Jesus' mighty name. I want to uh, again acknowledge the presence of our pastor, Pastor Chagau, uh, Mama in the absentia. Let's put our hands together as we appreciate the name of God. 
the Bible says, a man of God is worthy of double honor. Uh, did I say so? Amen. I want to again extend my warmest greetings and appreciation to the man of God, Mr. Takaza. Let's put our hands together for his life. I know you can do better, I can do better. Don't be jealous here. Jesus, amen. Sister Emma, I just saw you last year, eh? It was here last week. But that was the first Sunday last week yeah, from home, eh? I didn't acknowledge it today. Uh, welcome to the year 2024. Let's put our hands together. Lord in Jesus, amen. Lord in Jesus, hallelujah. I want to appreciate uh, Mama Avana. Avana, Avana, may you learn blessing. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Let's put our hands together. Let's put our hands together. As well as Avana. And the family, Jesus mighty man, amen. Um, we have been fasting, uh, and today is our 21st day, which is marks our last day for our prayer and fasting. Uh, we thank God for that, and I, I, I know that there are some that will continue with the journey, like my daughter, Sister Janile. I you know she will continue with the journey, and there are those that fainted along the way. The Bible says from the first day you set your mind to pray, I heard your prayer. I, I want to, to, to bring uh, context into what uh, Gabriel said unto Daniel. It's a tapestry of the revelation of God from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. The Bible speaks of King Solomon that uh, when God visited King Solomon in a dream, God said unto Solomon, What do you require from me so that I may do for you? Most of us were preaching that uh, Solomon uh, requested for wisdom from God. But if you go to the context of the scripture, the Bible says, King Solomon said unto God, Give me understanding so that I may be wise, so that I may be able to rule your people. So, uh, Solomon prayed for understanding. What is wisdom? The difference between wisdom and understanding is this uh, wisdom is being sagacious, is being full of information, full of data, full of knowledge. But understanding is the ability to apply the information, the data, the revelation, the dreams that God gives unto you. Then when you go to the book of Daniel, the angel said unto Daniel, from the first day, you set your mind to pray for understanding God and your prayer. Which simply shows us that uh, the uh, tapestry of all our blessings, our elevation, and all the things that we want from God is hinged in our understanding of the operations of God. You may pray for wisdom, but if you don't have understanding on how to apply the wisdom that God has given unto you, you differ not from a fool. You may pray for prosperity, but if you don't have understanding on how to apply the prosperity, you are different, you differ not from a person without. So that raises the point where you pray, pray for understanding like God. As I am in this year of 2024, give me understanding. Why am I in the year 2024? As I have woken up and I am in your house, why have I come to your house? 
is I am a woman that loves you. I do business the way I do. I work where I work. Give me understanding why am I in that particular place? Why, why am I doing such a particular business? A, a, a time is this. The Bible says unto Israel that uh, Mordecai said, Make the God is set you up for a time as this. Which means every revelation of God is tied to the time, it's time bound. When you're speaking of revelation, revelation usually it must be given to the God of Christ or to an individual in a systematic way or in a sequential way. Why so? Because if revelation is not given in a sequential way, it's not going to bless the generation. That's why you find out that there's a revelation that can come to you this morning that is not time-bound or that is not within your civilization or the paradigm or the strata of your understanding within the season that you are in. That revelation is not going to bless you. That revelation is not going to do anything to you. But when revelation is brought within the limits of time, it changes people's lives. So that's why revelation must be sequential. Which simply means that if I'm coming to the house of God and I come today, this morning, and it's my first time to have an encounter with God and with the man of God, it's useless for me to be taught seven principles on how to be successful in God without being taught the love of God because I'm just coming to the house of God and I'm just being a, 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 a believer that has been transformed. It's, it's, it's not going to help me if I'm being taught the mysteries of God that cause the abilities of God as it relates to the God of Christ. But I have to be taught discipleship, stewardship. That's how revelation must be given to humanity. So when revelation is given outside time, you find out that, number one, people that are supposed to be helped with the revelation, they will treat it as heresy or apostasy. I still remember uh, uh, 2006, when I was still growing up, there's a man of God that came to the church that I used to go to. Then he said uh, that God did not create the earth in seven days. The earth was created in a thought. Because that revelation was outside of my time, I did not grasp the revelation. Until 2020, when the Holy Spirit ministered unto me that all things that you can see, the earth, the world, is an expression of God's thoughts. So if somebody is saying the earth or the world were created in one thought, that's true. Why? Because everything that you see is an expression of a thought. The words that we are reading, that we read, they are an expression of God's thoughts. I am an expression of God's thoughts. God thought of you. They express you through the nine months that you're carried by your mom in your mom's womb. They express you through the years that you've been around. Some of us, we are 25, 26, 30, 32, 34, 50, 60. This is expression of God's thought. But when he thought the expression of bringing you to the world, that thought was one, and that thought was once. When God wanted to put the solar systems, it was a one thought. Then when he started to put them in days, this was an expression of God's thoughts. When we are reading God's word from the book of Genesis to Revelation, what we are doing is we are seeing expression of a thought 
that God had over humanity. When the Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, then you jump, you get to the book of uh, Matthew, you get to the book of Revelation, all can be coupled and bunched in one thought, which is God's thought. So the title of my message this morning is the kingdom of the air. Come on, somebody shout the kingdom of the air. The kingdom of the air. And we want to understand the power and the purpose of the kingdom of the air. In bracket, I want you to put media. In bracket, I want you to put media. Then, after this uh, ceremony, you are going to appreciate the paraphernalia of media. When we are exposed to media so much, and why media costs a lot of money, and why we must be involved in media, the kingdom of the air. The Bible speaks in the book of um, Ephesians 2, verse 2, then the Bible did not even argue the fact that there is a kingdom, which is the kingdom of the air, and there's somebody that is ruling that kingdom. The Bible says uh, that following the course and the fashion of this world, following the prince of the power of the earth. And the Bible is speaking about the devil. The devil was divinely given the air. So when I'm talking of the kingdom, we are talking of a territory, we are talking of a domain, we are talking of a place of influence, we are talking of a place of authority, we are talking of a place of power, we are talking of a place of, of ownership, we are talking of a land that belongs to somebody. So you find out that the air that is above us belongs to the devil. So there is a kingdom that is the kingdom of the air. Then when you come back to our dispensation, you find out that there is a simulation of the same kingdom of the air to another aspect which is called media. After this um, preaching again, you are going to appreciate why. So Bessie Salom, Valer, Akoswaz Niger can inject 130 million on a movie of one hour 30 minutes, 130 million on a movie of one hour 30 minutes. Then after they get 400 million, you will appreciate why is it um, Maradona, why is it uh, people like Michael Jackson, yet though they are dead today, their families are still collecting 568 million US dollars as royalties, you appreciate it as well because there is power in media of which one of us, if we are going to influence our space and our civilization, we must understand the power of media. You find out that the first phase of media that we have is our radio stations, our televisions. And you find out that in as much as our televisions and our radio stations are so productive and helpful to us, they are dangerous at the same time. Why so? Because every media stands as a medium or a mediator. So the word medium, it comes from the word mediator, it comes from the word media. So a media is something that stands between two things, a source and the recipients. Right now I'm the media of God. When you're looking at me, I mediate between what God is releasing and what God is downloading right now, and you are getting what I'm getting. 
So you find out that usually the source is not going to be more important than the media. It's not going to be important than the media. Because if God says, take my people to the north, and I just think of taking you to the south, you are going to take south, yet God wants you to go to the north. So I'm so important, I've been going to places where some people, they don't understand English, there's interpretation that takes place. You find out that I'm not going to be important than the interpreter. Because I'm at the mess of the one that is interpreting. When I say God blesses, and the interpreter says God curses, if I don't hear the language, all the people that are really subjected under the power of the mediator, which is the media, you find out that in our houses, we have got remote controls with more than 10 to 12, 15 buttons. Every button there stands as a media to mediate between you and the source. I don't know if I'm talking somebody in this place. So there is nothing powerful on earth as human beings. The reason why God called you and me right now, He called us so that we may mediate between His kingdom and Himself. Our God is an invisible God who lives in a visible world who wants us to express His invisible kingdom to the visible world. Am I talking somebody this place? We are dealing with an invisible kingdom, an invisible power that resides in a visible man that God wishes to express it in a visible world. But people cannot touch the visibility of God's kingdom. So when you are dealing with the kingdom of the air, is a devil's kingdom and he has his own expressions that he wants to express in our civilization. So that's why you find out that for God to express his kingdom to a generation, he must be at the mess of you and me. And why so? Because God places a will in us. So according to God's will, he then simulated his will in us so that what he wants to express can be expressed fully. But there is danger with will. Because when God gave you a will, he gave you to be independent, which means after a will, I can have choices. Either to express God's kingdom or to express my own desires and emotions. After my own will, I've got choices either to come to the house of God or to sit at home. I've got choices either to speak about God or to be quiet. Why? Because God is at the mess of human will. So human will is more powerful, more important, but it's so dangerous. That's why the Bible says, I have set before you life and death, but I conjure you that you may choose life. But you find out that all the generation that we prophesied, they die because of the will. And God does not have control over human will. He can control your thoughts, he can control your emotions, he can control how you behave, how your personality and your character, but when it comes to your will, you are independent, he can't control you. You have choices on whatever you want to do. So the will controls now the destinies of men. If I'm a man that has got a will, my will, it controls my destiny for the year 2024. My will controls how I behave, my personality, but the same will that controls 
my life is the agents of the kingdom administration when God is speaking at you. That's why Apostle Paul says that we must know, number one, the good will of God, the acceptable will of God, and the perfect will of God, which are three dimensions of God's will. It's, the will is so powerful because, number one, he kept you the same power that he possesses when he gave you the will. So, God is the only person that we know, or the spirit that we know, that when he wants to do things, no one can stop him. But when it comes to his will that is given unto you, he can't, he can't stop you. Right now, if you just think and you make a decision out of your will and say from today onwards, I'm not going to submit myself under God. I'm not starting to drink silence. I will not even wash God. God is not going to come and kill you. Why? It carries the same power as God's power. But the mind of God, when He's looking at us, He wants us to use our will as a medium, a medium, a mediation for kingdom administration. How does God administrate His kingdom? He wants you now, according to your will, to say, Oh God, I'm going to work according to your will to administrate your kingdom. You find out that Jesus Christ at one particular time, he met a man that was blind from his mother's uh, womb. And the Bible says, Christ said unto the man, are you willing to be whole? And the man said, I am willing to be whole. Which means if the man was not willing to be whole, Christ was not going to force the man to be willing to be whole. So which means in this year 2024 or in your life, if a blessing is going to hit your life and things are going to transform, number one, there must be a will that I'm willing to change and I'm willing to move within the frequency of the spirit. Without the willingness, God cannot force you to change or to shift. That's why you find out that among the metrics and the metrics that God raised, there were those that were not willing to conform to the systems and administration of God's kingdom, God could not force them because they are people. He could play along with their will. There was a time when God said unto Samuel, I want you to go and anoint David because I've already relegated Saul. The Bible says uh, Samuel was so relaxed, he did not want to go and anoint David. God had to beg Samuel because it was on Samuel's will to bless or to release an anointing upon David's life. Until God came and begged to Samuel and said unto Samuel that, how long are you going to cry over, over Saul? I've already rejected Saul. That's when Samuel had to go and anoint David because of the will. So which means if I'm not willing to subject myself under the auspices of God's doings, whatever is doing in a season, God is not going to force me to comply. He's not going to harness me or you like a donkey. But he's going to work according to your willingness. That's why you find out that if humanity is going to go to hell, one aspect and gift that God gave to humanity that's going to take humanity to hell is will. Consciously, God can subject your conscience. You can think like him, talk like him. But when it comes to the will, God does not have control over it. So where is the will? When you're dealing with the will, I want you to get this 
with the heat of revelation, the will that God gave back to me, it sits on a place called conscious in our mind. We have got the conscious, we have got the subconscious, or conscious or subconscious mind. So the will sits in the conscious of a person's mind. So which means if the will sits in the conscious of a man's mind, it's better. Because this is what happens with humanity. Whatever enters in your conscience, you can release it out whenever you want it. You don't want it, in fact. Whatever sits in my conscience, if I feel like I have to discard it, I can discard it any time. But the tragedy comes that when something or information or data enters your conscience, after the conscience, then you transmit or download it to your subconscious. Why? Because your subconscious, as the word subconscious, it means it's a mind that is a little bit below your conscience. That mind that is a little bit below, for it to keep information, this is what happens. The more you repeat things in your mind, they are downloaded in your subconscious. When you think a thought that is evil, then you think it once, it's not downloaded in your subconscious. It, it, it goes away. When you think about it, think about it, think about it, then download it in your subconscious. Whatever is in the subconscious cannot be taken out. That's why repetition of a thing is very, very tragical, especially if it's negative. When you are watching what you are watching on a television, the first time you watch it, sometimes it can be difficult for you to recall it. But the more you repeat the program, the more you repeat the program, what makes you to remember the program is because the program is being downloaded in your subconscious, which is subliminal to your conscience. Get this? We are getting something. So when you are dealing with our subconscious, you are dealing now with what Proverbs 23, subsection 7 says. That as a man thinketh, so is he. So when you think, there are two types of thinkings. There is a thinking that happens in your mind. And there is a thinking that happens in a place in Hebrew, they call it the heart, but it's called subconscious. So there is a thinking in your conscious, and there is a thinking in your subconscious. Your heart does not think because it does not have a mind. What thinks is your subconscious. So when your subconscious now thinks, that's what you become. The Bible they said as it is in your conscience, but it says as it is in your heart, which is your subconscious. Watch this. So when that thing is deposited in your subconscious, it then drives your destiny and drives your life. So your will now, it moves from your conscience and stays in your subconscious to the extent that what I desire to do, which is contrary to God, I can do without anyone stopping me. I don't know if I'm talking somebody in this place. Your mind is a medium that God is designed so that you express whatever is happening as he is in heaven. So we must become, so my life must become. So when God releases things in your subconscious, 
He wants you to release those things into environments. And your environment must start to look like what's happening in the heavenly places. So this is what happens, the battle. Whenever we speak of the battle of the mind, this is what happens. Your body, your spirit, your body is easy to transform. Your body is easy to use for kingdom administration. Your spirit, again, is easy to use for kingdom administration. Why? Because your spirit is coming from a kingdom that has administered your life. So it knows what should be done. Your body is only a servant of what comes from you as a soul. When you're talking of the soul, your soul is the composition of your will, your emotions, and your mind. That's where your soul is. So when somebody dies and you hear that uh, they are coming back, they are coming back within these three tributary atmospheres. So when I am preaching, I'm not preaching to your body, I am preaching to your soul, which is your mind. Why? Because your soul is the thing that is very difficult to transform. The devil knows the kingdom of the air that your spirit belongs to God because it's only by God. He knows that your body is a servant of what happens. So when I want to take my sensual perceptions or my senses, they transmit information to my soul through feelings. Then when I transmit these things to my body, my body is subjected to the feelings that I'm feeling. When I wake up, and I feel like I'm sleeping, then I just tell my body that I'm sleeping, my body goes back to sleeping. When I wake up and I feel emotionally attached to a program so that I cannot attend maybe to my duties, my body is subjected to what I am feeling that has been transmitted through my senses. So the battle comes when your soul transmits information to your spirit. Your spirit is feeling like Your spirit is feeling like it has to read the world. But your soul, even your body, sometimes is weak. Because it's weak, it transmits information to your soul. Then the soul transmits information to your spirit. That's why Christ is coming now. And some are to the disciples that you could not linger around with me for some time in prayer. And they said, the spirit is willing, but the body is tired. So this what was transmitted to the soul or subconscious by the body that inasmuch as we want to follow suit, we are tired. So the spirit now is subjected to the tiredness of the body. The reason why I'm bringing this is for you to understand that as you are a tributite person, your media is your soul. Is the one that mediates information between your body and your spirit. Which means if your media is not transformed, it's going to affect your life, your spirituality, and your physicality. That's the media. That's the mediator. That's the medium. That's why the Bible says in the book of First Timothy chapter 2, subsection 5, that we have got one mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ. Which means the person that is standing between men. And God as a medium, as a media, as a mediator is Jesus Christ.
So when you are looking at Jesus Christ, he's not only the savior, but he's a media. A media is anything that transforms data, that downloads data, that disseminates data to the people. So that's why sometimes you have what, what you call mental battle. Why mental battle? Your body is seen what it is seen that is emotionally attached to it. It then gives the information to your soul. Then the soul gives the information to the spirit. And the spirit says now to the soul, the information that I've received from the body, I don't agree and subscribe to that information. Maybe you're feeling like you need to take a tortilla. You need to take a flying fish. You need to take a little bit of marijuana. Then your body tells your mind. Your mind tells the spirit. And the spirit says, no, I'm not groomed in such an environment. I cannot take what I'm getting from the body. Then now the body will force the soul and say, tell the spirit as the media, as the media, as the television between the two, that I want, because when I drink, it feels emotionally right. Then the spirit brings back the data. So the data comes back to the soul. That's why you can have now mental battle. Because your mind is battling with some information that is coming from the body. And that is being brought back from the spirit. That's why the mental battle says. So your battle is not in the spirit, but it's in your mind. So your body is easy to deal with. Because when I hear the word of salvation, I can lift my hands and say, Christ, enter my heart. Over a second, when it comes to your spirit, your spirit is older than you. The Bible says, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters, they shall prophesy. Young men shall see visions. Old men shall dream dreams. When the Bible is speaking about old men, it's not speaking about those that have been great hands. It's speaking about your spirit getting the ability to dream, to tell you what's happening. Because your spirit is older than your body. It's become the old man. So old dreams, you don't dream. But the old man that is new. That's why even if all the great people does not belong to God, that's why you find not less great people, they are in heaven right now. And God is raising up a generation. And he is banking on that generation that is carrying an old man in them. To the extent that if I'm alive to God, my old man is going to be. You are 30 years, 25 years, but the spirit that resides in you is older than you. It's older than the universe and the solar systems. So that's where the mental battle comes. But when it comes to your soul, it is the one that fights because it becomes the interface between the spirituality and the physicality. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody in this place. That's why Jesus Christ says that take heed of what you hear. Regulate what you hear. Because what I hear goes to my subconscious, which is my heart. And it becomes me. As a man thinking, so is me. God and Satan, they are not after your body. Why? Because your body is a heap of money. It's manure. It's just 
is nothing to the kingdom of the devil. It's nothing to God's kingdom, the body. They are after your soul. The battle biblically is the battle of the soul. Just though she's coming, she's coming after the source of the prophets, not their bodies. That's why the Bible did not tell us how tall Elijah was, how handsome Elijah was. If he had six pegs, nine pegs, or twenty pegs, it just told us of the man. So Jezebel was after the soul of the man. The devil is this, raising up his agents. They are after your soul. That's why when now we are bringing the world, the logos, which is a thought expressive, we are transforming the soul. Because when the soul is transformed, that God is going to see an old friend from high school whom we were in love with. And those previous years are going to be resuscitated and revived again. Your body will say it feels good meeting this. But if your soul is transformed, if you fight, then your body is going to subject itself to what the soul, the subconscious is saying. But the moment, because what happens now with the soul, emotions, feelings, and mind is in the soul. So if the body picks anything that feels good, the soul is not going to reject. Why? Because the feelings are in your soul. That's why there is a combination between your body and your soul. It feels good. If something that is emotionally attached to you, the soul is not going to refuse what those emotions are in your soul. If you say, God, bring more, bring more. So which means one person is going to suffer, which is a spirituality. Because we give your spirit this God. We give your spirit this power. There's divinity. So divinity will start trying to, to relegate and push things out. But your soul is going to support what's coming from the body. So we are at the mercy of our soul. I don't know if I'm telling somebody this place. I don't know if I'm telling somebody this place. So how do we fight all these things? If you deal with media, okay, let's deal with the media, media that we know. The media that we know, that's our televisions, that's our radio stations. If your TV has got 554 stations, those stations, they are not after your body. They are not after your spirit, they are after your soul. Every button that is on your phone is after your soul. Every button that is on your television, in your car, is after your soul. Because your body is easy to deal with. So Jesus Christ now is the mediator of the new covenant. He then becomes the transformer of our mind. The reason why we always say that we need to read the word, the word is Jesus. So the more I attack the word, I repeat the word, is then released or downloaded in my subconscious. So my subconscious will be full of God's word. So whatever is emotionally negative is going to be pushed out. Whatever I feel, feelings that I encounter with feelings, they are going to be pushed out by the world. You can't do it on your own. That's why Christ becomes the mediator of the new covenant. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody in this place. So when we are dealing with mediators, God has a problem with medias, with mediums, with mediators. From the book of Numbers, 
God said unto Moses and all the elders that if you see a medium, which is a media, which is a mediator, because mediums they used to stand between the source and people, and people did not know the source, so they could say, God said, yet God was not there. So he said, God, that suffer not a medium to live. Why? Because he's looking at the issue and the fraternity of media. That if these people disseminate information, people believe what they see on the media. We are all at the mercy of what we hear and what we see. So he said, if you see a wizard, if you see an astrologer, deal with them. Because they cannot stand between you and the stars. Astrologers, they could look at the stars, they come back to the people and say, God said that we must do this. And God said, kill them. Then he said, suffer not the wish to live. Witches are medias. They transmit information. So God said, I am a God who's jealous. The moment you have put a wrong media, everything that you do becomes wrong. Your life becomes wrong. Your thought process becomes wrong. The Bible speaks about Saul. That Saul, after all the medias, with the strongest, he kept one media. Do you know in Palestine that in your country there is one media? Media is powerful. The Bible says after some years, the voice of God was heard. Prophets were not there. Then he thought of a medium, a sangoma, that yet he, he, he had spread. He went there for information, and God was angry over so why? Because Saul consulted from a media. And what the media told Saul, it was coming from a certain source. And God said, because of that, I'm going to deal with you. So I'm going to destroy your kingdom. Then I'm going to destroy even generations. Then I'm going to give the kingdom to David. Why? Because there's power in media. Come on, Sarah, shout, there's power in media. Power. I don't hear you. There's power in media. Why? Because media controls what you hear. What you believe and what you see. If right now it's a media, I tell you what I tell you, the same with the religions like uh, Buddhism, where they believe in Buddha, that becomes a media. And up to today, they believe what they believe. If I stand here and I say Allah is Allah, you believe that because I am a media. Between you and the next level, there is a media called understanding. The moment you are not going to understand the decisions that you are in, you are not going to be successful in your life, spiritually speaking. So you must know that the medium and the mediator between me and my next level is my understanding. That's why you find out that when God created the heavens and the earth, He created the heavens and the earth using the media of the world. The world itself is a media. It shapes how you believe. It shapes how you act. It shapes how you do things. That's why if you read your Bible in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, the Bible says, and God said, and it was. Genesis now, first, the same chapter, verse 3, the Bible says, and God said, that is the word. So what was, in the what God wanted to do was the word. Verse 6, and God said, verse 9 of Genesis, and God said, that's a media. Verse 11, 
and God says, verse 14, and God says, verse 20, and God says, 24 verse, and God says, after verse 26, and God says, so you must use the word to accomplish everything by using the media of the word. I want to prophesy in the life that whatever has been mediating between you and your next level must come down by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible in the book of John, chapter 1, subsection 1, it says that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So if you understand that the word logos is translated as the thought expression of God or the expressive thought of God. So we can say in the beginning was the expressed thought of God. And the expressed thought of God was God. And the expressed thought of God was the God. Why? Because the word of God becomes that medium between humanity and their next level. I'm going to prophesy over life that whatever ancestral and demonic mediation that has been mediating between you and your blessing is coming down. Amen. But the Holy Ghost, I don't care how long that media has been. I prophesy that God is going to raise up women and men that are going to take over in the media fraternity. That are going to become the face of what God wants to do in this generation. God did not only call you here so that you become a believer. You are a mediator between what God is doing in a season and the people that God wants to touch. If you are the only person in your family who knows God, know that you are not just a believer. You are a mediator between what God is doing in that time in your family. Don't leave them behind like Moses. The Bible says Moses went unto Hobah, who was his brother-in-law, and said unto Hobah, I know that I've been called, anointed, and groomed as a media for this generation in the Israelites. I know that Hobah, you believe what you believe, but as a media, I'm not going to leave you. I want to have a different perception. Let's go together. You may not be part and parcel, the common mouth of Israel, but because I was called anointed for these people, let's go together. I'm calling to somebody in this place who's going to say, I'm not going to leave my brothers and sisters, and I'm not going to enjoy Christianity alone. I'm going to go back and call and pull my brothers together. Why? Because God has made me the mediator between his purposes and what he wants to do in a generation. So when word is coming to you, it's coming so that you become that mediator who has been called, programmed by God. That's why Jesus Christ said in the book of Luke 4, 17, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me that I may bring good news to those that are poor. Whenever good news comes to the poor, it becomes a better mediation. I do not be talking to somebody in this place. Apostle Paul says that do not be confined to the standards of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of God's word. 
which means what needs to be transformed is your mind. Let the mind that was in Jesus Christ be in you. The Bible says Jesus Christ knew that he was God. He knew that power was in him. He knew that divinity was in him. But he subjected himself under the auspices of the authorities of the day. And he took power that was over the cross. He regarded it as better than what was passing through. I know that you may be passing through the trajectories of life. I know that you don't know what's going to become of you tomorrow. But I tell you that as long God becomes your mind, your life will change every sense of the mind that you could have gotten. He said in the book of Jeremiah, I know the thought that I have towards your life. So that I have the hour of peace to give you a future and a hope. I don't know if I'm talking to someone in this place. The devil has spoken a lot of things against your life and against my life. But the Bible says God took it off your way and left it of accusation and has nailed it upon the cross. I know that the negative word that was spoken against your life, that you are not going to amount to anything, but I'm yet to prophesy to somebody that the devil is a liar, you are bound to something. You'll be anointed God by God so that you may represent this kingdom. You may be coming from a family that is very low, like Gideon, but you are going to become the interest that God wants you to become. The Bible says the angel of God came unto Gideon and said unto Gideon, Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor and give us praise. That's why should you call me a mighty man of valor? In my family, we are destroyed, we are poor, we are despondent. And the angel of God says unto Gideon, if you look in you, there is a deliverer, there is a warrior. You got to rise up, Gideon, and save your people. You are looking at yourself based on your body and the things that are going around your life. But I'm yet to prophesy into life that don't allow what is happening that is circulating around your vicinity to detect your life and the base of your destination. You are more powerful in the spirit as you are in the physicality. I prophesy over your life that the emotions that are in your mind, in your soul, are not going to control you. They are not going to control your destiny. They are not going to control how you behave. You are a woman and a man of a different personality. And I prophesy in the spirit. I prophesy over your life that if God is for you, who can be a better life? I know that you must say, I don't have anyone to stand for me on my behalf. But I prophesy God is for you, and God is going to stand for you. The Bible speaks of David and David when he went to fight with Goliath. He didn't know if he was going to win the battle. Goliath had masters, Goliath had a big stage. Goliath was getting Japanese. The Bible says he was a fearful man. Whenever you could look at Goliath, you could think that you are a locust in his eyes. But they say that he though are too young and too small. I have got a media, a mediator of God's 
world of religion. He said, it's up to go like You are coming to me with interference. You are coming to me with excess. You are coming to me with salvation. But I come to you in the name of Jesus. Can I prophesy like I said it? Whenever you face what you face in your life, whenever the devil pushes you against the wall, you Lord, I know that poverty you are hearing me right now. You can 
selfish. I'm not that HIV. You are hearing me right now. You got the power down in the name of Jesus. I'm not that lucky. You are hearing me right now. You got the power down in the name of Jesus. Some of us we are coming from families that are full of witchcraft and there are ways that were spoken against our lives. But you know we are going to go. We ain't gonna go far. But I got to prophesy in the name of Jesus. You are going to go far. I'm reminded of Pharaoh. He said unto Moses that I'm going to allow you to go. But you ain't gonna go but Moses said it unto Pharaoh, if you are not going to allow us to live with our livestock, with our joy, peace, and happiness, we are not going to go. Rather, we are going to cause more confusion. We are going to cause more commitment in your kingdom. So Pharaoh wanted them to go, but he did not want them to go far. Yes, the awards that were spoken against my life. Oh, <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> 
when the Bible speaks of oftenly, it says you must do it each and every time. Even at home alone, have time to break the bread, pray, drink the blood of the new covenant. It is the blood that sets me free. So we prophesy the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in the evening when Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took the bread, blessed the bread, cut it and gave his disciples, which we call the mystery of the last supper. Then he took uh, wine, gave to the disciples and said, drink the wine. Sister Emma, did you bring your your, your, your resolutions? Bring it if you want prayer, just come as I'll pray for Sister Emma. The table, you can just uh, put it here so that I deal with this, my people. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. All them, I want to greet them, then I pray for you as I greet you them as well, so that I give you direction. Jesus, open them. Master, we shall cover us. Carlos, we shall cover us, so we shall. I like the first one. I like the first one.
to just uh, read, uh, according to Paul, in the book of First Corinthians, First Corinthians, eh? yes. chapter eleven, this. So I'm going to take it from twenty-three. Everybody, even your your kids, they should have as well. Yeah, let's see the one that we're singing. Oh, Don't eat, don't drink. Let's do it together. in progress, he took the bread. Come on, somebody shout, this is the bread. This is the bread. Which signifies the God of Christ. Say like you mean, say this is the bread. This is the bread. Which signifies the God of Christ. And the Bible calls to say that, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take it, don't eat for now. And this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this to call me to remembrance. Similarly, when supper was ended, he took the cup also saying, this cup is the new covenant, ratified and established in my blood. Do this as often as you bring it to call me to remembrance. 26, for every time when you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are representing, you are becoming a media. You, you are becoming a mediation. You are becoming a mediator and signifying and proclaiming the fact that the Lord is death. So if you are going to become that media which is going to project and translate the death of Jesus Christ, it passes through the tapestry of the bread and the blood of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that, so then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in a way that is unworthy of him, we be guilty of profaning and sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. I'm not going to dwell on this one, but the answer is here now. 
on 28, don't be afraid. I know a lot of us were so much afraid that we don't want to be cute over the Lord. Against God, let a man thoroughly examine himself, and only when he's done, so should he eat of the bread and drink of the cup. The word examine is uh, the same word that can be translated as uh, asking for forgiveness. You ask for forgiveness against whatever you think that you may have done that can make you a sinner before God. If you don't know anything, just say, Oh, Holy Spirit, forgive me of the sins that I don't know. Because some of the sins that you commit, you commit with our mind. And some of them, they uh, don't become visible now, but tomorrow they'll come. They're incubating sins that are already within us. That uh, after two weeks, you have already seen everything that you did it that week, but they were incubating. So we are going to pray a prayer of repentance. Then you are fine. For anyone who eats and drinks without discriminating and recognizing, with the Jew appreciating that it is the God of Christ, drinks a sentence. The word sentence, it means a verdict of judgment. So we pray that there will be no sentence of judgments. Then that is the reason many of you are weak and sickly and quite enough of you falling into the sleep of death. For if we searchingly examine ourselves, detecting our shortcomings and recognizing our own condition, we should not be judged and penalty decreed. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined and chastened, ah, powerful, so that we may not finally be condemned with the world. Then, my brothers, when you gather together to eat, wait for one another. I'm going to give you this opportunity to just pray and talk to your God. Have this personal conversation with God as you have a conversation with yourself right now. Come on, somebody, start to pray right now. Forgive us, we repent our spirits of the sins of the heart, the sins that are in our conscience, the sins that are in our subconscious. The name of Jesus promised, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us. Forgive my brothers and sisters, forgive the one Christ, forgive us as South Africans, forgive us as Africans, forgive us as your children, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift up your breaks, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I place this bread as it signifies your body. I prophesy, let it bring you. I prophesy, let it bring power in us. The mighty name of Jesus Christ. We confirm that you died. And when you died, you died together. We confirm the doctrine of interconnection. When you resurrected, we were together. This is your body. I promise in the name of Jesus Christ. As we put a part of your body in our body, our bodies are going to be subjected by your body. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord that you held all Christ could not be limited. You could enter the walls. You could not die even if they beat you. With this the same body that you are wearing this afternoon in the name of Jesus Christ, even if they come to beat us, we are going to die. Why? Because we are immortalized by the power of 
what spirit I want you to take in it now. Oh, the bride. Ah, you can see. See, guys. I want you to pray. Thank you, God, for what is in your mouth right now. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Thank God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 25, the Bible says, similarly, when Sabbath was ended, he took the cup also. Come on, somebody shout, this is my cup. This is my cup. We signifies the new covenants ratified and established by the blood of Jesus. And he said now that do this so often as you read it to call me affectionately. So I want you to take a sip, drink your juice as it signifies the blood of Jesus Christ. Then after we are going to pray and thank God for a new covenant. We are now in a new covenant when we arrived this morning. We were under a certain covenant that the devil and the king of the earth had placed us under when we were sleeping. But I want, you, I want you to say to thank God and say, my marriage is a new covenant, my business, my life, my spirituality. Come on, come on, come on, somebody. Thank you for the new covenant in my life. Pray, 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 pray. If you are sick in any part of your body, I want you to prophesy that you are healed. The Bible says those that took it before us, they were healed. I don't care if you've got chronic illness, terminal illness, it's going right now. It's going right now. It's going right now. I think we're the name of Jesus Christ. If you are coming from a family that is full of cultural entrenchments, you are coming from a humble background, I prophesy that you've entered a new covenant with the blood of Jesus Christ. Prophesy that demons are not going to suck your blood because the blood of Jesus Christ is full of electricity. The blood of Jesus Christ is full of power. I prophesy that your blood is going to be poisonous to any demonic, satanic, sucking demon. The mighty name of Jesus Christ, I prophesy you will not suffer low blood pressure because of demonic blood suckers. In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare, I declare that your body has been immortalized. The demon is not going to kill you. Demons are not going to subject you. Nothing is going, is going to pay you. Your heart is a new heart. Your mind is a new mind. Your conscience is a new conscience. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, let this blood touch your bank accounts right now. I prophesy miracles in your bank accounts right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, let this blood and the bread touch your business. I prophesy clients in your business. They shall come and they shall favor you. In the name of Jesus Christ, let this blood call for power. The Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ speaks a better message than the blood of 
people rejecting you. You ain't gonna be rejected in the name of Jesus Christ. Places where you could not go. I prophesy your immortality is gonna take you there. The Bible says after Jesus Christ resurrected, you could not knock, you could just enter. No blockage, no wall is gonna stop you. In Jesus' might then. Father, we thank you, Father, we bless you. Father, we honor you. We thank you because the God in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for every soul, everybody that is represented upon this place. As the people are going to leave this place, I prophesy your angels right now. Let them accompany them. I prophesy that blessing that make it one rich and add no more sorrow. Let it rest upon their lives. I prophesy grace of all time upon their lives in the name of Jesus Christ. I prophesy that they will not be the tail, but they will be the head. In the name of Jesus Christ, whatever kingdom of air that has been operating above their fortunes, I prophesy is thereby broken by the power of the Holy Spirit. I decree and I declare any power that is satanic and demonic fight in their lives is broken, is nullified by the power of the Holy Spirit. I prophesy that they are no longer walking in a narrow path, but I prophesy a wider body in Jesus' mighty prayer. Let the body of Christ shout a glorious Amen. God bless you, may the Lord bless you, Amen. Thank you so much. You may collect your cups. We have come to the end of our service. Uh, let's meet on Monday for our prayer. We stand, we are here to learn about God. So if you have time to read the week, come as God is going to be